This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 691, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, June 26th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 691, taking a quick look at some of the releases from the week of June 26th, uh, before we can fully enjoy releases from the week of July 3rd, uh, to... Uh, I'm recording this on July 4th, but by the time it goes out, it'll probably be the 6th of July. So, uh, happy belated uh, Independence Day to my American listeners. Uh, for those from Canada, happy super belated Canada Day. Um, so, I just wanted to quickly talk about some of the books from June 26th. Some of the releases I'm not talking about today include Avengers 20, Age of X-Men Extremist number 5, Batman Damned number 303, Batman Beyond, Black Panther, Conan the Barbarian, Detective Comics 1006, Dial Age for Hero, Doctor Strange, Fantastic Four, Justice League Dark, Magnificent Miss Marvel, Major X, Martian Manhunter, Marvel Comics Presents, Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur, Mr. and Mrs. X, Runaways, Spider-Man Reptil- Reptilian Rage, Spider-Man Annual, Star Wars Age of Rebellion, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Thanos, The Flash, The Terrifics, Thor, Wolverine, uh, Wonder Woman, War of the Realms, New Agents of Atlas, War of the Realms, Punisher, War of the Realms, Uncanny X-Men, and War of the Realms. I have completely missed War of the Realms. Um, every issue's come out now. I have not read any, except for, as I've said before, episodes or issues that uh, tied into main books um like venom where they or superior spider-man where it kind of took over the main book but it didn't really like take it over necessarily um so those i haven't had a chance to read yet sorry i've read those i haven't read the main book itself um so let's talk about the six books i'm going to be talking about today uh first up we have action comics this is issue 1012 um which is you know kind of building off the event leviathan has started we've seen what happened in the recent issues of action comics and now we get to see a little bit more um i really dug this it definitely had a very a much darker palette than we usually see or feels like we usually see in action comics very busy at times um very vibrant colors um i didn't feel like there was a lot of um blank space there was a, it really felt very filled in at times almost too much so but for the most part it was well done it's written by brian michael bendis who did the script you got simon kudransky on art and you got brad anderson on colors with josh reed on letters um so i enjoyed this um again it was kind of a, a quieter take um not quite as action oriented i would say uh we have uh, the idea that again that there's these you know People are worried about Superman and how they operate, and they have to kind of talk certain ways with certain key phrases, and uh, so that they can't be potentially heard by Superman. Uh, you have Superman and Lois having a moment in the Fortress of Solitude together before he kind of flies off and does his thing. You have um, the new character Miss Good, uh, kind of knowing things about you know. Uh, Superman kissing uh, Lois Lane and she's kind of wondering what to do about that she gets a call and goes and meets uh, Rose and Thorn and finds out more about this kind of invisible mafia that may or may not exist uh, Leviathan then kind of confronts uh, Rose and Thorn later or at least one of the representatives of, of Leviathan um, creepy, moody um, it worked for me. I thought it was a good issue, uh, kind of moved things along. What I do like about what Brian Michael Bendis is doing with action comics specifically is it does feel like he's building a world. Um, it's not just Clark and Lois. You have a lot of other characters. You have this new character. Even if, I don't care if it's his new if it's a character he de- developed or not. The point is we're getting other vantage points into the Daily Planet, into Metropolis, other avenues to kind of tackle, and I appreciate him filling out the world because sometimes it can feel like it's just Clark and Lois, whereas here it's starting to feel more like a natural ecosystem. There are other things going on. He's introducing other characters or integrating characters that exist in in Metropolis in general, so I'm really enjoying uh, that. And again, the idea that you have uh, maybe some... You know, cops are kind of letting vigilantes maybe do some things that maybe they shouldn't. 
Um, the idea that they're kind of letting Rose and Thor get away with stuff, that maybe they shouldn't be, was in, definitely an interesting angle. The art, as I said, at times felt almost claustrophobic with almost too much um, with colors and vibrancy, which is a weird comment to make, but I think sometimes you can benefit from some unused space. And here I just felt often it was very busy. Like, even when you had a talking head, it wasn't enough to just have the, the panels. Uh, in between the panels, you have the, kind of the rows and thorns kind of uh, building throughout, um, which is a cool stylistic approach, but it does, after a while, feel very busy. Um, but, you know, it didn't take away from my enjoyment of the issue. So I'm still going to give it an 8 out of 10. Next up, we have Amazing Spider-Man 24, um, which, in theory, starts to move a little bit further with, uh, I guess, we, who we can now call Kindred. Uh, it's written by Nick Spencer, artwork by Ryan Otley. Uh, definitely looks nice. Um, I just don't know if it did much for me as an issue. Um, you have Quentin back having a bit of a... Uh, a kind of a mental breakdown and, and, and having a conversation with his therapist. It doesn't go well. Um, and then you have Kindred show up and, you know, it would look like he kills Quentin Beck. We'll see if that actually is what really happens here or how much of it is real, how much of it's just a dream. And then Spider-Man wakes up and he's kind of freaked out and now he knows the name Kindred. And I just felt like this didn't feel like an issue to me. Uh, didn't feel like enough of an issue. And, uh, yeah, and especially after the last arc where it felt like we got more about his perspective on Hunted in the brief, like, one panel here than we did in the entire event. Like, it, it just felt like we got him embracing or discussing more what it actually meant for him in his internal narration uh, as opposed to what we actually saw in the event. But anyway... Um, I found this issue kind of middle. It wasn't great. I would give it maybe a... F- I'm trying to think. I'm breaking it down. Like, Ollie's art is amazing. So I give it him like a four. And I feel like the story is like a two. So it's still like a six, which seems a little high, considering I'm a little indifferent on it. But I think that's probably what it deserves. Uh, next up is an issue I enjoyed a lot more. Uh, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number eight. Feast or Famine part two. Written by Tom Taylor with, uh, let's see, Ken Lashley on pencils and inks. Um, and breakdowns, and then Scott Hanna doing the finishes on page 15, Nolan Woodward doing the color art, and then Travis Lanham from Virtual Calligraphy doing the letters. Um, really dug this. I, first of all, enjoy the uh, the police officer that's been introduced uh, that Peter uh, kind of is able to have team-ups with. Um, so that I thought was interesting. Uh, the whole idea that him trying to figure out what's really going on, trying to find out what's going on with Hobie, having a bit of a sit-down with him, them you know, kind of figuring out a, a heist or breaking in to try and find out what's really going on. Um, I thought this was just really enjoyable and engaging, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here, and I like the use of Prowler. Um, I, a little bummed that we didn't get to see more of Boomerang, because he was used to good effect last issue, uh, but I really dug this. I thought it was a, a good read. Um, I really enjoyed the art. Um, I like how they're, you know, using characters that have been introduced throughout this title in the last, like, seven issues, and actually using them to kind of populate their world. You have the reopening of Feast, you have this you know, the new uh, character who's from the other world who's now helping them and, and kind of looks like Aunt May but is a lot more stiff than that. Um, but I'm really enjoying the take on it, so I'm going to give it an 8. And last but not least, because uh, I love spider books, is we have Superior Spider-Man number 8, um, which is a part of a war, a part of war of the Realms, written by Christos Cage, penciled by Lan Medina, in inks by Cam Smith, and colored by Andy Troy and Eric uh, Arseniega. Um, and I really enjoyed this. Um, I don't know how... 
I feel about it being such public knowledge that this this Spider-Man is Dr. Octopus. Like, everyone talks about it pretty freely and openly, and so that I found a little surprising. Um, I thought it was kind of made more of a maybe secret, but apparently Peter's told everyone, and everyone kind of knows who that he's Octopus, and I guess that's fine, but it just felt a little disarming. But otherwise, I, th- I thought it was really interesting to kind of see him working with, you know, different heroes and working with the West Coast Avengers and, uh, you know, people having to kind of deal with who, is, who he is and, you know, he's him still being a bit of a jerk, but also trying to, you know, figure out how to best protect people. And, uh, no, I... I, I overall I thought it was a, a good use of a tie-in to kind of show him wanting to protect people and not always knowing how to do it in the best way possible um, because he you know kind of has a lifetime of being a dick um, but I, I dug this uh, I'm going to give it again an 8 I thought this was a very good read so of the four books I had a chance to read I guess Amazing Spider-Man was only the only real letdown that I had uh, looking forward to releases from July 3rd. Um, some of the books that came out that I'll be talking about, some of them, is Adventures of the Super Sons wrapping up. you got New Launch Arrow. you got Age of X-Men, Prisoner X, Batgirl, Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, number 3. Whew, that's a mouthful. Cosmic Ghost Rider destroys Marvel History, Deceased, uh, Deadman Logan, Deathstroke, Doom Patrol, Weight of the Worlds, Fantastic Four, The Prodigal Son, Justice League, Lois Lane, starting its 12-issue maxi-series. you got that Miss Marvel Annual, Old Man Quit. It's interesting, it's Miss Marvel Annual, and not the Magnificent Miss Marvel. It is the Magnificent Miss Marvel annual. I just read it wrong. Um, Old Man Quill, Secret Warp, Soldier Supreme annual, Spider-Gwen, Ghost Spider, Star Wars Age of Resistance, Finn, Star Wars Target Vader, Superman Up in the Sky, The Green Lantern, The Punisher, The the Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, um, Uncanny X-Men number 21, as that is wrapping up, or about to wrap up, and then we have, what else? I think the, the three I've read so far, which I definitely will be talking about, include Captain America and the Invaders, The Bahamas Triangle, Immortal Hulk number 20, and Savage Avengers number three. So thank you for joining me for this uh, this quick 10-minute episode of Comic Shenanigans as we get closer and closer to episode 700, which will probably be coming out uh, hopefully on August the 12th, which will be the seven-year anniversary of the podcast. Uh, thanks for joining me. You can rate and review the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining me for this episode, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.